Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What would you just send? Hold on. We're recording now, but we can stop if you need to. You just sent me the tweet. I sent it to you ages ago. Just two minutes ago. Anyway. This is the video. Are we going to record or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go on. We're recording, so that's good. I miss you, man. Thank you. That's not how it starts. <laughs> going uh, on? I miss you, man, too. Oh. Jeez. He's <laughs> trying to be different. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Hello there. Welcome to I Miss You, Man. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with my co-host with the best bald head in all the lands. <laughs> His name's Dylan. How you doing, Dylan? Oh, I'm doing good, Lonnie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I finally took the crown off of Finn Diesel and The Rock for best bald head. Thank you. You're running third for a while there, but I reckon it's time you're number one. I was a contender and now I'm the champion. Exactly That's all right. I could ask for. <laughs> this is I Miss You, Man. And what does that mean to you, Dylan? <laughs> what it means to me, Lonnie, is that it's a podcast where we take each other on a journey each week, and that could be anything. It could be life, pop culture, and everything in between. But this particular series, Lonnie, yeah. mm-hmm. this exciting series is where we do a deep dive into the filmography of Christina Ritchie. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, 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 Christina Ritchie. That's it. It's the long way to return. Of the Christina Chronicles. It has been a while. For us, anyway. Because we've been releasing them. We bank them up, release a whole bunch, um, but now we're back recording after a little break. Uh, We were supposed to have a guest on today. We were supposed to be joined by a friend of the show, Jessa from My Girlfriend Dolly. Unfortunately, it's Christmas. uh, The Christmas retail season has swallowed her up. Uh, Schedules didn't line up. Schedules didn't line up. So we'll get her again next time. Well, sometime soon, anyway. Yeah, one day, one day. Go listen to their podcast too. What do you know? Yeah, absolutely. My girlfriend Dolly, one of the best podcasts out there. Absolutely. Now, Dylan, I know you're looking forward to having Jessa on, but well, I do. <laughs> we still stay along for me today. I mean, I guess I was uh, about to close this window for the recording, but that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, Dylan. So if we chart the journey of Christina and her chronicles. So mm. I'm just going to go through it, right? So she started off kind of small kid roles. Um, yeah, very small, barely a character in the movie. Then she became known as the dark outsider kid, kind of mm. funny sort of thing. And then she floated with more mainstream sort of Disney-style <laughs> kid and teen movies. Some yeah, of the best yeah. out there. Um, no, none. <laughs> um, and now with The Opposite of Sex and Buffalo 66, we're finally moving over into like really mature roles, aren't we? And she didn't muck around when she went into her adult roles, did she? No, definitely not. She dove straight in to the sex appeal end of the pool, exactly. I believe. Really? I guess that's that's natural if you want to shake off a, a child star image. You just yeah. go straight into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I would also probably classify this in particular 
as the start of her quirky indie movie career. Yeah, which is, is yeah, pretty much kept her going in her adult career, hasn't it? For sure. More, more in the, yeah, indie rather than mainstream. But there's, obviously, there's well, some mainstream. Yeah, she'll dip in and out of mainstream every once in a while. She mm. surfaced for Speed Racer. Exactly, one of the best. Absolutely. And what, what's really interesting is that you really know that she's not the... She's not Wednesday Adams anymore because, uh, first of all, she's older. Second of all, blonde hair. Really just throwing it all out, isn't she? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And very uh, revealing outfits in well, both I, this and the opposite of sex. I watched an interview with her, which I'll mention later as well, um, mm. where she talks about that and she's like, <laughs> she's talking to Margaret Pomeranz from at the movies, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, film review show here in Australia. Okay. And she's like, yeah... Because she was talking about how cold it was, because they're filming in the middle of winter, as you can see all the snow in Buffalo '66, and she's like, "I've got this little, little dress shift thing, and it's like just barely past my butt, and almost just barely covering my nipples." And it's like, "Yeah, that's, you know, the film did not try and shy away from that, did it?" No, definitely not. Definitely not. Now this is the Christina Chronicles, and so she's our lens, and she's our guide through. Uh, but the great thing about the series that we're doing from Boy to Go is that other people dip in and out from time to time. For sure. And yeah, we, yeah. We get to experience other people we wouldn't otherwise. Vincent Gallo is the is the man this time. Yeah, he's the, he's the lead uh, writer and director. Yeah, lead he? actor, composer, most of the music. <laughs> he produced okay. the film as well. Jesus. Um, I don't think he would have ended up on the... Christ- on <laughs> I miss you, man, any other capacity other than being part of this movie. No, no way. Never heard of him before this. Yeah, so you haven't done much research into him, Dylan? I mean, I looked up what other things he was in. Apparently he was in Goodfellas, but I think that's bullshit because I do not remember seeing him in Goodfellas. I think he was a kind of a very small blink in the It must have been a background extra or something. Yeah. I think I looked him up and apparently he was in one of the crews. So, yeah, in the background. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not a main character. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to break the illusion for you, Dylan, um, but in real life, it seems like he's a bit of a strange odd man. <laughs> don't know if that's breaking the, the illusion. That's kind of what I assumed after seeing this movie. Yes, exactly right. Not not just from his acting, but like if this is your, you know, your big oh, you to be part of it. Like, yeah, I'm going to make myself be the weirdest guy ever on film. Yeah, and, and it's how it's directed and everything as well and short and, mm-hmm. yeah, weird all around. Yeah, I just thought we shouldn't not mention a few facts about Gallo just to set ourselves up because I think if we didn't mention it, people would point it out. And also, I'm pretty sure um, Jessa was interested in, in the man himself. She okay. Had, she knew, knew a bit about him. She was going to tell us, but I'm trying to do justice here. Well, in honour of Jessa, yes. send us your Vincent Gallo factoids. Exactly. Here's a few I picked up just from Wikipedia and a little bit of research, right? Mm. So first of all, his occupation on Wikipedia is listed like this, Dylan. Mm. And just let me know if you think any of these is, kind of sticks out as a bit weird to you. Okay, I'll, I'll buzz in. Yeah, you buzz in. Actor, producer, mm. composer, t-shirt boy. Buzz. <laughs> What'd that mean? <laughs> well, I've got some more facts later on, which I think might relate to this, but I looked up t-shirt boy as a occupation. Doesn't sure. Exist. Doesn't exist. Um, okay, okay. I don't think it's one you can pick on the census drop down. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to say that. <laughs> You and me, mate. You and me. That's good. Um, the only thing, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let it come naturally in, in my facts, but I think that's the only thing I can really think of that links to T-Shirt Boy. And even then, doesn't really. So 
Okay, righto. Yeah. And the next three occupations, pretty normal. Film director, screenwriter, musician. So, hmm. Sure. Okay. Okay. So apparently he was a muso and artist when he was younger. Then he started getting into film and then acting. Acted for a fair few years, including Goodfellas. Apparently. 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 Yeah. Um, Another sort of, never sort of mainstream, but like on the indie circuit for sure. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Essentially he made Buffalo 66 for pretty cheap, only 1.5 million. Um, Yeah, it's only got a few actors and it's all natural locations. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And set over one night pretty much so yeah yeah it got pretty good reviews back in the day and i think you probably agree that you know it's a bit weird but it's pretty good well-made movie um yeah yeah it's not definitely in the upper echelon so far mm-hmm. uh, not the top spot though that's still the ice storm by far absolutely well still pretty good yeah yeah definitely top half i'd say yes so far. yes uh it wasn't streaming anywhere though was it it's hard <laughs> to find um and that's never a good sign when it comes to <laughs> I mean, I'm just assuming that's how we're watching the movies from now on (laughs) because I'd say, God, probably at least half we've had to sail the seven seas for, Lonnie. (laughs) This one was a bit hard to find, wasn't it? I think maybe the next few facts might indicate why. Not not just because it's an older film that, you know, didn't get a huge release back in the day. These other facts, I think, might have pushed it away from... Yes, your regular streaming services or even your okay. regular on-demand services. Sure, okay. So this film came out like 97, 98, I think. Um, mm. And then a couple of years later, he made a film in 2003 called The Brown Bunny. Does this one come across your desk at all, Dylan? No, never heard of it. Okay. It's famous for two things, basically. First, okay. it, it was hated by critics. They just tore into it, right? It played at Khan. Yeah, the prestigious Khan Film Festival, and Roger Ebert said it was the worst film to ever um, play at Khan. Oh, jeez. And he just hated it, and he got into a feud with Gallo, and they were, like, trading oh, barbs. No. Um, yeah, they just really got into each other, and I think Roger did that a bit, and I think for some of it he was just enjoying, you know, like, why not? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's part of my job to sort of... Enjoying you know, the fight, throwing down. Yeah, exactly. Stir up a bit of controversy and, you know... Like that, um... Like that bloody food reviewer in Chef. <laughs> I, haven't seen a... that. I haven't seen that. But I yeah, it's in Chef with John Trevorrow. Well, apparently it's good. Oh, it's amazing. One of my favourite films. Okay, well, light it up. <laughs> we'll do it for the show, okay? <laughs> oh, nah, couldn't do it justice. Just give it a watch. It's great stuff. Okay, oh, all right. Um, but yeah, and then I also think that, yeah, from what I have been reading, Vincent Gallo is also the sort of guy who's not going to back away from a fight either. Um, then nah. they eventually they, they made up though um, and he released a like edited version of the film and Roger gave it a thumbs up eventually so there you go okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but secondly and probably more controversially the film included an unsimulated sex scene between Gallo and Chloe Savini uh, yeah why? That, that's a good question, Dylan. It was an oral sex scene, but yeah, definitely, mm. definitely wasn't faked, and it was there in the movie. So, hmm. okay, I mean, sure, odd yeah. thing to include. Odd thing to include, and there's no indication that like it was forced or anything like that, but still, just oh no, yeah, no. just very odd to um, include that in just a movie. Why do it when you don't have to? You actors act, act yes. like you're giving oral sex. Yes, and I think. You know, it's part of pushing the boundaries sort of thing. Um, so since then, he's done some stuff 
not really in America. A lot of things like in Europe, he quite well liked over there apparently, and some mm-hmm. see some films like made in Asia and stuff. So that's you know cool. Um, the next few facts from Wikipedia really ramp up. Okay, it's okay. really just go <laughs> from where to go. So first of all, he identifies as Republican. That's fine. You can be a Republican. Not my thing, but that's okay. Um, he supported Trump. Again, not a not a good sign of. You don't condone that. I'm not a condoner of Trump, not at all. Um, I'll just read the next bit, straight a quote from Wikipedia, right? Sure. Gallo has expressed racist and anti-Semitic views. Ooh. Notably a page on his personal website offering to sell his sperm while maintaining, in quotes, the right to refuse sale of his sperm to those of extremely dark complexions because he does not want to be part of that type of integration. Okay, so bad man is what I'm... Seems like it. He also Take, okay. yeah, gives yeah. a discount to naturally blonde people um, and mm. also relatives of a mid-century German soldier, which I think we all know what that means. No, no. Um, yeah, he also said that he wouldn't mind giving it to Jewish women, though, because it might help him his movies get better reviews. Hmm, okay, yeah. so... Not good mean. Not good Not mean. At all. And then this, I think, is a t-shirt's come into it, Dylan. It says, in 2020, he made a series of t-shirts available on his website, furthering these views, sporting slogans such as, whites, free the blacks, fuck Black Lives Matter, and tell your thug single parent children to stop resisting arrest. Now, Dylan, all that stuff is pretty abhorrent, right? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm the never going to understand that. Just no. awful stuff. Absolutely. What I think, though, is I get the impression that he might be the sort of guy who says controversial shit just to annoy people and get a reaction. And, like, in some ways that could even be worse. Like, if you're not an actual racist but you just say racist stuff to annoy people and to get a rise out of them, you know, that's it's pretty bad. I have no evidence that he's pretending, so, like, I'm not going to, you know, make that up. But no, it's just speculate. Yeah, it's just... Bad. All bad, I think. No good. Absolutely. You don't condone it. You don't condone racism. Yep. Never would. Never would. Never no. would. Anyway. But he's pretty good in this, actually. The movie is actually, I was going to say, what do you think of the movie? His performance? It felt very real. felt quite interesting and had a lot of depth. The other characters maybe don't have as much depth, but his character, for sure, got all the best monologues and everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely write the best shit for himself. Yeah, because he gave himself the most room and time. and Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's why I assume Sup was off about him, because it was a very natural performance. Um, yeah. Felt like that might possibly be a little bit how he is in real life. So. Yeah, and especially, like, as I kind of alluded to before, when you're the big boss, you're doing every of them, all the main roles yourself, right? And then that's, like, that's the main role of the film, but also the main roles behind the camera and being producer and stuff. And like this yeah. is the performance, and this is the movie you write for yourself. It's odd choice, probably. I'd say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But what's what's the movie about, Lonnie? For those who don't know. Yeah, saying it out loud doesn't really <laughs> endear anybody to the film. I don't think, and it's very much. <laughs> it like, won't sell the film. No, if, no. You're, if you're on the on the <laughs> sort of on the fence, and you're like, oh, maybe I will go try and track this down. Here's the plot, right? So. He is a guy named Billy. Billy gets, Brown. Billy Brown. He gets out of prison. He doesn't have much direction or what any plan. 
he comes across a teenager at a dance school. He kidnaps her and then forces her to pretend to be his wife when he goes to see his parents. And he's sort of told his parents all these lies about his life and that he's got he's got a you know, he's big, rich and big important, important job and thing. Yeah. He's got a lovely wife. He's got a mansion. Yes. And then he yeah. From there he's kidnapped her and it's he's got this plan to get revenge on the people who put him in jail. Uh, but then it just yeah, it meanders along a bit. Well, I mean, revenge on the people who put him in jail. He, what did he do? He bet ten grand on the Buffaloes to win the Super Bowl. Yes. Uh, and the guy that, what's what's the player's name? Do you know the guy that missed the field goal that would have Scott Wood. Yeah, Scott Wood. He missed the field goal that would have won, and then <laughs> Billy basically blames him because he couldn't afford to play the loan shark, so he went to jail and <laughs> he blames him for ruining his life. When he bet ten grand, he didn't have <laughs> exactly. And- yeah, don't go after the loan shark or the criminals you're involved with. Go after the guy who missed a, a footy footy kick, you know, which is totally legitimate. Like, there's no indication that he did it on purpose or anything. Yeah, just that kind of gives you an indication that he's not all there and all, all right in the head, is he? No, definitely not. Definitely not. And you see why when we meet his parents. Yeah, that was a very odd, long sequence with his parents. So he's... And we're going into spoilers, by the way. This is... The, point of the show is that we talk about the movies so, not much to spoil but yeah, yeah exactly but okay so his mum's played by angelica houston again she she turns up she's linked to christina isn't she, she is. she's obviously played morticia adams and also she directed um Barca, carolina yeah cool. i forgot the name for a second and i was much happier when it didn't <laughs> have it in my <laughs> yeah oh. the, the dad is played by uh ben gazara who's kind of one of the a character actor who's been around a yeah, lot and always plays sort of tough guys and says, mm. oh, what's, explain it to us, Dylan. What's going on? What's, what's the story here with the parents? And I don't know. They're really weird. Um, he kind of, because he calls them initially mm. um, to say that he'll come visit, but his wife can't come because she's sick and everything. And he just argues with his mum over the phone. Just because she insists that she wants to meet her, even though she's sick, and yeah. so that's yeah. why he kidnaps Christina because he had to find someone. Um, and then yeah, he turns up, and they kind of don't really care that he's there or that they're seeing him. Um, and all these interactions with his mum, it's like she doesn't really even know him, uh, and she's a bit annoying too. Like he says, <laughs> like she offers him soft drink at some point, and he's like, "Ma." <laughs> It upsets my stomach. I'll just have a water. And he's just like, what about ginger ale? He's like, ma, that's pop as well. I don't want that. I want water. Please. Yeah. And his dad is, he's very weird. Clearly also has a screw loose in the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bit of a creep to Christina. Yeah, so he clearly hates Who for his... all well, for all he knows, it's his son's wife, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he clearly hates his son for some reason. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Don't know what's going on there. And then he, yeah, is very over the top in his affection for this woman he met, this mm. young girl, really, yeah, teenage girl yeah. that he met five minutes ago, putting her on his, on his lap and giving her a car. Uh, and, and saying that, that she's daddy's little girl and he's her daddy now. And, yeah. yeah. And also motorboats are at one point. Yeah, that and 
and she's going along with it, which I think is quite weird. And what do you, what's your take on that on that one, Dylan? Uh, I think she's probably not all there as well. I think that's probably why she starts to fall for mm. for Billy. You know that old saying, like two broken people make a whole. So yeah. that so probably might be what's happening. At first, I kind of got the impression that she's playing along, you know, waiting for her moment to escape or to, you know, just going along because she doesn't know what he's capable of. But you know, she's just trying to survive. But yeah, it does sort of turn eventually where she's like, "I'm kind of enjoying playing as your girlfriend." And you're right; we don't get much of an indication of her background or what she's been through in life or. Like at a certain point, and I was like, "Doesn't she have like a home to go to? Why doesn't she call up her parents or her roommate or something to let them know what's going on?" But clearly, she had nothing else to do that night. She could just—I was gonna say hang out, but be kidnapped first, and then not really mind <laughs> and, then and succumb to Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, um, odd, very odd, very odd movie in all aspects. All odd characters, hmm. but uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Another thing, the like dad is like a professional singer or something. It used to be, I think, is what he says. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of talking about these sort of dream sequences or like absurdist sequences. So there's one bit where he takes Christina into his room to sing along to a record. But like, was he? Was he just mouthing along to it, lip syncing? <laughs> What's going on, Dylan? I don't know. I understand that. I think they shot it with him lip syncing, but I think it was supposed to be that. Yeah. He is this amazing singer, yeah, I would okay. say. And then she wants him to sing another song and he just yells at her. He's like, no! <laughs> it's like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'll say this. The dinner scene where they're all at the table, it's like a four-sided square table. Mm. Uh, I like how that's shot. It keeps changing points of view from different characters' points of view to look yeah. at the other three characters at the table. It's kind of like the camera's in the middle of the table and it's or at, at various points the camera's looking out either one end or the other end, and then it sort of cuts between. And yeah, it's a quite interesting shot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, easy. And um, at one point, like, Billy's just eating his dinner, mm. and his dad's like, don't point that knife at me. <laughs> and <laughs> and his knife's just on the table. He's not even touching it, and they just start yelling at each other. like, I'm not pointing a fucking knife at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, your son's trying to kill me. I was like, Christ. I know, and... Uh, uh, all throughout this, the mum is kind of quip. I was going to say half an eye. Both eyes on the screen of the TV watching oh, an watch old football footy. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and just not listening. Like Christine's just rattling off this like bullshit fake story about how they fell in love and everything, and she's just not paying attention. She's just watching the football game. Well, there's, there's one point where she says, "That's how I fell in love with Billy," and she's like, "Who? Like Billy, your son, <laughs> right here." <laughs> and then she say like. She missed the the game she's watching to see it live because she was like having Billy giving I birth. Think. I think yeah, yeah. Because that and was weird. Because I thought there was they're watching it the game that was being telecast. Live. But it seems like it was a yeah video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, "Wish I never had him. I really wanted to go to that game." <laughs> I was like, "Christ Almighty!" Because up until this point in the movie, Billy's been a bit of a piece of shit. Yeah. Um. Like he's been hard done by a bit. He couldn't find a bathroom for like four hours right after he got out of jail. Mm. Um, but he's like yelling at people, obviously kidnapped a woman. We don't condone that, especially Lonnie. Doesn't condone kidnapping someone. In case that was, you know, at risk of thinking I'd like that. And I do not. Do not. 
Well, let's just assume you like everything and approve of everything until we say you don't condone mm, it. Let me maybe just your judgment to think of how I presented myself on this podcast over the last <laughs> year and then just, you know, what would Lonnie do in this situation? That's what you can think of, okay? It's not... Yeah. It's my new bracelet I'm going to get. What would Lonnie do? Okay, thank you. It'll steer me right. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Uh, yeah, he kidnapped her and then he yelled like derogatory terms to a man looking at his penis in a bathroom. Well, just in the bathroom. He wasn't looking. He wasn't gawking at it. He just happened to be... Well, he was. A small room, Dylan. small room. He did gawk, though. He gawked at it. Well. He said it's so big. And he's like, fuck off. Get out of here. Basically, like, beat the shit out of the guy and <laughs> kicked him out of the bathroom. And he wouldn't, didn't pee. Like, he did. He, he found the bathroom. Pee. Yeah, he was so he was so thrown aback by the man looking at his wee-wee. Okay. Um, but, yeah, hasn't been a good guy up until this point. So, you're not sympathising with him, really. No. Until we meet his parents. And then you're like, okay, I see why you are the <laughs> way you are, Billy. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, did you feel like some of the scenes were improvised or... Perhaps the actors were given the chance to sort of run with it a bit. Mm, possibly, possibly. It's hard to tell when the star, who has seemingly the most improvisational lines, wrote mm. the script as well. Mm. So I don't know if that's just his writing style or... Could have been, yeah. I well, think that can, that can be good when it works, but sometimes, I don't know if it, not all the time in this one, but there are a few times where I kind of felt like they were kind of running around in circles a bit, like in... You don't give the actors a script, you just give them some some beats to hit and then it just sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, there was one line I think was clearly improv or he mucked around a bit on it, but mm. it came out funny to me anyway. Mm. He's like, if you embarrass me, I'll kill you. I'll kill you right in front of mummy and daddy and I'll never talk to you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're like things like that and like the scene, as you mentioned, with the, the knife at the table, it's like, is this supposed to be funny? Because... I think so. Dark comedy. Dark comedy. Dark absurdist sort of raise your eyebrows rather than the four, you know. Oh. Other fantasy sequences we should probably mention are when he has memories and they sort of balloon 
out of his mind on like a like a, a in picture vision comes out and it sort of extends across the this the screen and we see a memory one of them is when his his father killed his dog when he was a kid <laughs> and then when it once after it's played out then it just shrinks back into his brain mm. did you like that i didn't i didn't like it much to be honest i mean i thought it was fine yeah i didn't think it added much and the same with Christina doing a tap dance at the bowling alley. Oh, yeah, I did. I didn't like that. I was like, well, it's this year. Sad's nothing. And the dad yeah. singing went on for far too long. Yeah. He sang like a whole song, like a whole three-minute song. It could have been funny to, you know, to start that and have 10 seconds of it and then cut away to it, I think. And Yeah. yeah I don't, didn't even add it much. Yeah. Or have it looking like it did in the movie, which is kind of a fantasy thing, like there's a spotlight on him and mm. he sounds amazing, and then cut to like real life what Christina's actually seeing and he's not as good as that. Yeah, That'd that could have been, been better. Yeah. Um, I should have rated this, Lonnie, and shot it. You should have started with Dylan. No. Oh. That's Christina's character. Oh, hello. <laughs> well, in terms of that, Dylan, the thing that I was a little bit uncomfortable about is that I kind of felt like it was a kind of a strange male fantasy in terms of how the plot ends up, right, with how she <laughs> falls in love with him. Um, it's like, I was kind of thinking, like, the fantasy is... I could be the worst, most horrible guy, literally gone to prison. Then I can kidnap a teenager. But then, remarkably, she... Well, she's 28. No, she says she's 28, but she's played by Christina who just turned 18 when they shot it. Okay. So I don't think that's true. I think she was lying there. But it's like I can do all these horrible things, including kidnapping a girl... And then she falls in love with me. How, how good is this? I can treat her like shit. And then she's into that. I just kind of felt like a, a very much like a male fantasy about well, you know, putting all your self-loathing up there on screen, but then making this character, you know, this pure girl, fall in love with you. I was just like, oh. I felt like he kind of got away with it, the character, rather than really, like, it felt fantasy, fantastical rather than real to me. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, he didn't like her for most of the movie, though. Yeah, but then, then well, he did. That, that's even worse then because he's like Ooh. treating her like shit and then she is so in love with him or so so drawn in that she like is, is seducing him, you know? It's like, I'm so bad, I hate myself, but oh, she can't even resist me even though I won't be nice to her. It's like, oh, it's just odd to me. Yeah, fair Not enough. Good. Well, he's mm. an odd guy. He's an odd guy. He's an odd guy. No, but, Lonnie, mm. can I say, mm. well, cameo scene in this... Mm. Mickey Rourke. Yeah. He, he killed it. He did. Yeah. He just, I was wondering when he was going to turn up and then he did. <laughs> yeah. Kind of had a little like a Tarantino-like monologue. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Um, just turns up for a quick scene, does a monologue, one yep. take, and then yep, he's off. He's done. He was the bookie that mm. um, Billy owed the 10 grand to. Send him to jail, basically. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you take the fall and then we won't have to worry about the $10,000 debt. I yeah, think, and then yeah. he's like, next time, if you're going to bet on the Buffaloes to win the Super Bowl, don't. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> great, great line. But yeah. Mickey Rourke in general, terrific actor, mate. Yeah, Love him. He's one of those guys who's, I've never really seen much of his work myself, but I've heard like he was massive in the 80s and then fell away mm. and then came back in a big way and then fell away again. It's a strange sort of career that he's had. Yeah, yeah it's ups and downs, but mate. I'm still pissed he didn't win Best Actor for The Wrestler. Yeah, I should watch that at some time, eh? You haven't seen The Wrestler? I haven't seen The Wrestler. Oh, my God. You haven't watched anything. You haven't watched Chef. 
You haven't watched The Wrestler. What do you watch? <laughs> what do I watch, Dilly? What do That's I right. watch? That's right, Lonnie. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. At the moment, I'm going back through the Spider-Mans. I'm watching the good ones in preparation for this oh. coming up Wednesday night. What's happening then? I'm going to see the midnight screening, Dylan. Ugh. Lame. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. You can come along too if you want. No, Marvel's stupid. Okay. All right, then. Yeah. I wanted to mention something else, though, Dylan, that we should, you know, given that we love Christina so much, we shouldn't look past this. Nah, definitely not. Uh, they interviewed her for another film in 2000, about 10 years after this came out, so it would have been around 2007, 2008. This is for Time Out website. Mm. They asked her what it was like making Buffalo 66. Um, she said, it wasn't a wise choice. Ooh. She said, I really didn't understand what was going on most of the time working with a crazy lunatic man. I'd never <laughs> encountered such insanity. He's <laughs> what it came across as. Yeah. But, you know, for someone who didn't know what was happening... She's pretty good in it. She's pretty oh, yeah, good. I still liked her in it. She's always yeah. great. Let's, let's face it. Yeah. This just gave a very natural, nuanced portrayal of someone mm. succumbing to Stockholm Syndrome. Well, apparently then he he made some horrible comments about her weight um, a few years later, and then they, so they asked her about that, and he's, she's like, yeah, it's a pretty dodgy thing to do to a you know 17-year-old girl, and also to do it. You know, many years later, I guess she's doing it back to him now, but whatever. Mm. Um, she said, did you get on, they asked, did you get on with him making the film? She said, not really. She said, you're one of those people who sometimes he's so nice to you <laughs> and the next he imagines that you've done something horrible, something horrible, and he starts screaming at you. So it's difficult to get on well with someone like that. And then they asked her about the brown bunny and she said, I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in seeing anything he does ever again, she said. So, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. First big regret of the career. I know. I'll, I'll link that interview if you want to read it yourself. But then, I, as I mentioned, I watched the interview on YouTube with Margaret Pomerantz from um, Movie Show down here in Australia. Yeah. And it was at the time when the movie was released and she's doing the promos for it. And she she didn't say that then, which you wouldn't do, obviously, when you're no, promoting, of course <laughs> promoting the movie. You know, you know what Jim Carrey promoting, well, not promoting Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. It's an odd one, isn't it? Yeah. Very strange. That's a topic for another day, definitely. yeah. yeah. Um. Yes, and then she wasn't, but she did mention that it was strange, and it was, that's when she mentioned her, the long, long nights in the middle of winter, and she's wearing basically nothing, wearing, mm. yeah, wearing a nighty almost. So, yeah, <laughs> very odd. Um, um, I've got some reviews here, Dylan, from Roger Ebert. But do you want to say anything else before we get into Roger? Uh, yeah, decent movie. If you try and set aside who the person of Vincent Gallo is. Mm. Pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. Just try and take the movie on its own merits, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, as we said, pretty hard to find these days and, yeah, I wouldn't go out of your way if, you, if what we said at the moment isn't. Yeah, well, I mean, now that I know what I know about Vince, mm. it's probably the reason why it's not streaming anyway. Yeah, and we're doing it more for the, the study of of christina's filmography so that's why we're doing it but yeah, it's not definitely. one i put on on a friday night to have you know oh no I, I, look i probably won't watch it again yeah it's it's no ice storm for sure yeah. but yeah not bad not bad here's what roger said and i think that his first line is pretty spot on okay it, he said it plays like a collision between a lot of half-baked visual ideas and a deep and urgent need 
Sure. <laughs> he finished it off with Kristen Steiner, right? He said, okay. what we get is more like improvisational jazz in which themes are introduced from other movies and this one does riffs on them. Christina Ricci <laughs> is a soloist who occasionally stands up and takes the spotlight while the other players recede into the shadows, nodding and smoking. Here's a question that like, we've both kind of had. Said, Why does her character go along with kidnapping? Why does she throw herself into the role of wife with such zeal and invention? Well, it's more interesting than if she was merely frightened and trying to escape. That would be yeah. the conventional approach. There's not a thing conventional about this movie. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But, um, yeah. But it does different. make you wonder, Dylan, like putting aside all the all the racist and crazy things that we've heard about him afterwards, I think there would have been more good movies from this filmmaker, you know? I thought there was enough here, like, okay, this is a good first you know, debut film. Mm. Go and refine that and go and make it, you know, in, in some sort of alternative universe when it's where it's not the guy who made the film and what he's turned out to be. Would you watch more from this filmmaker? I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, competent film, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to rush out to see The Brown Bunny, though. Oh, come on. You watch the number 23, you can watch The Brown Bunny. I think I'd rather watch number 23 again. Oh, nah, nah. stop it. What's a brown bunny even about? What's it about? So, again, he's doing all the roles behind the camera and acting in it as well. Okay, yeah. And he's like, he's going on like a cross-country road trip with a girl. I think, I think it just meanders from there from what I, I've read. Mm, okay. Yeah. There's it's a really, theme here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes you wonder why you're making these sort of movies with where he's like just one guy with a girl, hey. Yeah. Putting him in skimpy outfits and writing an actual blowjob scene. Yes. Anyway, Christina was great. Though, she always <laughs> is. And we shouldn't be surprised when she's great, but she's as we said, she's moving away from the kid roles and through throwing herself into it. And this could have been a thankless role, but she does give it a bit more I think than it Yeah. It could have Absolutely. been. Could have just been the eye candy, but she gives the character a bit more depth. Even yeah. even if you're not quite sure what she's doing it for. Nah, she holds her own for sure. Mm. Especially in the um photo booth scene at the bowling alley. Yeah, I, I like thought that, that was really great. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's just getting pissed at her for not looking enough like she loves him in the photo. But meanwhile, him in all the photos, he's just staring dead on through the camera like a psycho. I know, he's like, you've got to look like we span time together. She's like, oh, I'll give you a kiss on the cheek. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't kiss me. <laughs> don't, don't touch me. We're a don't couple kiss doesn't me. kiss or touch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we enjoy each other's company, but we don't touch each other. We're that kind of couple. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Very. Anyway. But he loves bowling, so. He's pretty good at it. He was, he was. I assume those were real shots of him bowling. I think so. They they cut away for her scene. <laughs> yeah. Cut cut through her bowling, yeah. Yeah, but you got like, what do you have, like seven shots of him just nailing strikes? Yeah. I think one was actually a 7-10 split, but they cut away before they fell down. Yeah, I think so too. I know what I'm, I know what I'm watching. You know what I know bowling. Doing. I think it was, it was actually funny. Christina mentioned in her interview that there was like a 20-hour day. I wonder if that was the day, the bowling day. <laughs> You're just trying to get strikes. Possibly, yeah. possibly. It's like, we're not going home until we get all these done now. <laughs> yeah. Don't stop shooting, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one because 
as far as the films go that we've watched for Christina Chronicles, yeah, definitely top half, if not top quarter, you know, so far. Yeah, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, I'd say that. But, yes. the But I guess we don't know the ins and outs of everyone else who's made the other films that we've watched, but it is hard to get past um, the whole Vincent Gallo of it all, hey? Yeah, yeah, true, true. Well, it's that, that age-old question. Can you appreciate an artist's art and take them out of it? Yes. I think in some ways you can. I think we spoke about this previously, about wrestling in particular, right? Chris Benoit. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's easier with Chris Benoit because um, by all accounts, he was a nice man during his wrestling time. Mm. Um, and one of the main reasons he did what he did is because he had a degenerated brain. It was rotting, yeah. basically. Um, whereas Vincent Gallo sounds like he was always a prick and was a prick at this time as well. So And, and a prick uh, to Christina during filming. So seemingly, like, yeah, yeah, from what she says. So it's a bit harder to accept this, but oh well. The way I think about it is like in terms of artwork, you can step back and appreciate the artwork you know, to a certain extent and, and separate that. But yeah. it's also it's harder then to say, yes, and this person should continue to work and continue to have power and continue to get, get money for the work that they're doing, you know? It's kind of yeah. like, yeah. Art is, you can look at it historically in terms of an art and history to film and, and whatnot, but then we should make sure that in the future people are protected and safe when they're at work. And they're kind of two different things which are quite linked, you know? Yeah. So that's like, you know, you can still watch house of cards because you know it's a really good series but should kevin spacey well, still be able to make till it till the end it is yeah. well <laughs> to a certain point you know what i mean but should we allow kevin spacey to still act well i don't think anyone wants to be around him and that's kind of a different story too whether you can still watch house of cards not that i have you know since it since it, all that stuff came out so yeah i um i watched like the first episode of the last season and the last episode and I was just like, oh, yeah, no. And I can't go back and watch the rest of it at this point. It used to be my favourite show. Yeah, I think, and you're right. It wasn't a downward spiral anyway. But, yes. Yeah. Tough, tough stuff. Anyway, that's that's probably a bigger story than, bigger issue than the we can really resolve. The we can tackle, yeah, yeah. We, we're not qualified. Definitely not. What we can tackle, though, Dylan, <gasps> is the Christina Chronicles with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas coming up next. And I'm looking oh. forward to that. Neither of us have seen it. No. And, yeah, should be good. Johnny Depp, mate. Get some Johnny Depp amongst us. And it takes us one step closer to small soldiers. So hmm. that's one of the best it movies sure of my childhood. So, yeah. Really? Well, I, I watched it a lot. It was on TV a lot, I think. It, it was definitely on TV a lot. I know that. <laughs> Is it good, though? We'll see. It's, it's like that and Ants. There's those yeah. two, for some reason, just on TV all the time. <laughs> The classic, like, Saturday night, Channel 10, 6.30 movie, yes. 7.30 movie, yeah. Yeah. Small soldiers and ants, absolutely. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to say about uh, Buffalo 66? No, good movie. I mean, if it turns up on a streaming platform at some point and you've got nothing else to watch, give it a go, but I wouldn't seek it out and yeah. go sailing for it. I think if you're particularly interest, interested in... Like indie cinema of the nineties in America, I think you couldn't go past this one. But yeah, or if you if you're a big Christina Ricci fan and you've seen most of her work and you're looking for another one you haven't seen, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Throw this on. Mm -hmm. 
All right, well, looking forward to moving more and more into adult roles just because it's, you know, something different to what we've watched yes. so far up into this. And, yeah, a bit more vari- variation. Yeah, watching the evolution. It's been fun. Although I think at a certain point it seems like she goes back into kids' movies when she's a bit older and probably has kids of her own. <laughs> we'll yeah, see. the hero of Color City. It's, it's waiting for us, isn't it? It's, it's coming. It is coming, son. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, very much for listening. It's been it's been so good to go back into the Christina Chronicles for us, anyway. For you guys, it's you know like clockwork. Every every fourth week it comes out. Yeah, uh, Dylan, we're on the socials. Is that right? Is that true? Definitely, definitely, Lonnie. Definitely. If you're not heard this, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube. We've got our own website on the World Wide Web. That's us, the boys, and and Lonnie. What? What? We're on what? every podcast app you could imagine. Exactly right. And we've got a big back catalogue, haven't we? Of the Christina Mate. Chronicles and our regular show and some special episodes with guests. There's so much variety, you're drowning in it. I reckon you can find an episode for you. Yeah. I recommend don't go back from the start. Just go back and look what you look see what you might uh, like. And just then, pick and choose what yeah, interests yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to thank Mark for our theme song too, Dylan. No, I want to thank him too. Thank you, Mark. Okay. I wanted to thank him first. Oh, okay. Piss off, Lonnie. Budge aside. <laughs> thank right. you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Until next time, Dylan. I miss you, man. I miss you, Christina. I miss you, Christina. Hey. She's the woman. She is. <laughs> Do I miss you? I miss you, man. I miss you. I miss you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.